to The Intern Whisper, the show all about the future of work and innovation. And today's Intern Whisper tip of the week is remember that when the holidays come up, you need to remind your interns that there will be no meetings. That doesn't seem like um, that should be that hard to communicate, but it is apparently. So you have to make sure that you communicate with your interns what the expectations are for the holidays, what, when they're supposed to come back and when they actually leave and what is their workload. So today's guests for this week's show are Kent Gustavin. I'm messing up your last name. Go ahead and teach me, Kent. I was pretty good. Do you want to try again? Yeah, Gustavinson. No, Gustavson. That was closer. Uh, that's closer. Try one more time. Let's, let's see if it keeps Gustavson. Getting... That's pretty close. Yeah. Okay. Don't Gustafson, make me. But Gustafson. No, it's good. Okay, yeah. I'm going to say it over again. Son of so Gustav. To... So today's guest is Kent Gustafson and Randy Baker. They are with Thought Leader Path. I'm not sure why that is showing up weird in our show notes, but nonetheless, it is. Um, so our show is all about education, innovation, and the future of industries and jobs. So guys, five words that describe you and why. Randy, you go first. Well, I'm going to start off um... Well, a little complaint. I mean, Kent got his name in there four times. I got mine once. I mean, but the but the editors the editors might cut all that out. But now I feel like the editors have to put it back in because you just talked about it. No, they're going to leave it. This is good dialogue. Leave that in. So um, it was a really good question. It's always a difficult question. Randy Baker, Randy Baker, Randy Baker, Randy Baker, Randy Baker. That's more than five words. I'm only allowed five words. (laughs) Um, If you ask my wife, she would use words like smart, um, good looking, adventurous, um, brave. um, I can't think of a one. Chivalrous. I would say funny. Um, But I think if I'm limited to five words, I have five, and that is not the smartest person around. Because if I was the smartest person around, I'm in the wrong place. Um, I like to learn from people that are smarter than me. So uh, I, I'm inquisitive, curious. I like to speak to smart people. Mm, who doesn't? Yeah. My mom chose my dad because he was super smart, and she always likes being around smart people. I talk about her like she's still around. She's not. But I think that was significant um, because you know being around people that are smart and also that have more money from you, more money than you allows you to learn from them always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. mean I, I can't learn much from somebody that doesn't know as much as me, and um, I like to learn continually. It's a lifetime thing. I'm going to yeah. challenge that, Randy. So a three-year-old definitely doesn't know as much as you, right? Mm-hmm. But I bet you learn. Quite a bit from a three-year-old just from observation. I learn what I have already forgotten from a three-year-old. Yeah, Yeah. it reminds you, right? There is nothing that a three-year-old does that I haven't already done. I think that it also teaches us patience more than anything if we are not patient. Yeah. Mm. How about you, Kent? What are your five words? My five words... um, there are just too many words coursing through my head. Um, I am big and tall. That was seven words. Are you a I teacher? <laughs> oh, I see that this is a contest now. Okay. 
<laughs> how I how tall are tall. you? Six, seven. Oh my God, that is super tall. See, I told you, I described myself well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That comes across as sometimes intimidating because I'm 5'2". So I'm going to feel like, oh, I'm a midget next to you. Not really. No, it's okay. It's okay. In, um, in three foot tall pools, we're the same height. Because everybody's <laughs> on their knees, just kind of swimming around. So that's true. Yeah, I I I tend to divert uh, broad and difficult questions by kind of making light of them. So that's so it's it's appropriate for me to say I am big and tall. Mm. I think that it shows that you're both very witty. Also, I'll throw some other words out there for you guys too. Very but, witty. Yeah, I, your guys are teachers. I know that. The lovers of knowledge. Mm. So, yeah, the, I think the question that that brings up in my mind is: Are we teaching anything of value, or are we just expounding on stuff that everybody already knows? Mm. Yeah, I had, We're going I into had philosophy. Of both types. I had a teacher who would teach the wrong things. I I would venture to say that doesn't make her a very good teacher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that teaches you what not to do for sure and how you want to be different. It's true. Yeah, I definitely worked for a couple of those people and I went, no, this is not the leadership model to follow. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what job did you want to have when you guys were growing up, each of you separately, not together? Kent, what did you want to be? Well, I grew up in a you know, about a century after Randy. So I'll answer from a, <laughs> from a 20th century perspective. It was only half a century. <laughs> that's, that's true. Unless you watched Highlander, you know, like you've been around uh, yeah, forever. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get into that show or that book, but I, I liked the idea, but um, couldn't, couldn't get into it. But um, I wanted to be a, something different every week. Um, I think that's, that's, um, never changed actually. So that's why I am what I am, which is, uh, someone who's big and tall. So I'm curious, six, seven, do you know how long you were when you were born? Like, you know, I was, uh, six, six feet, five inches at birth. Uh, at birth. Skinny. Wow. Yeah. I was very long and thin. I came out in a coil. <laughs> Oh my God. So funny. <laughs> okay. So this is, I've had a couple of guests. They just kept me in stitches the whole time. I I'm going to guess it must be that region because one of them was a Cornell professor. He talked about aquaponics. I had never laughed so hard in my whole life throughout the whole show. So I am looking forward to this. <laughs> okay. So what about you, Randy? So the dinosaurs how, had how died tall out. were you at birth that was the question oh that was the question i you know i i forgot to get a measuring stick out to measure myself so i really don't know um but the dinosaurs had in fact died before i was born so that was a good start but i was always struck with the concept of finding something old so I wanted to be an archaeologist. I can remember when I was seven, I was digging in the backyard for, you know, dinosaur bones and ancient Egyptian artifacts, not realizing that ancient Egyptian artifacts would probably not be found in Melbourne, Australia. But 
I did it nonetheless. Um, I, I always had dreams of being Indiana Jones before Indiana Jones was even a thing. So that's how old I am, much older than uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark came along when I was older. Um, but then I discovered that it took a lot of education to become an archaeologist. So I, I changed my mind and decided I'd do something really easy and become a lawyer. Um, now I discovered that it takes a lot of reading to become a lawyer. So um, that didn't really appeal to me. So I took the easy way out and became a business person, did a study at accounting at college um, and spent the last 40 years in business. Interesting. Accounting. That's my nemesis. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. A lot of people hate it. Um, I found it really easy. So it really appealed to me because in college, my workload in the first year was pretty heavy. It was like 20 hours a week workload. But second year was 14 hours a week, um, which left me a lot of time to go surfing and, and snow skiing and so forth, which is what I really wanted to do. To do. So accounting was the right thing. Mm. So How about you? Did you did you go for a master's? Me, I'm sorry. Master's. No. I was talking no. right over you. I don't want to do that. So I interrupted you. What were you saying before I so rudely interrupted you? Nothing important. Oh. Well, it may have been funny, but not important. <laughs> okay. So what about you, Kent? Uh, what was the question? The we were question talking about surfing. You know, like funny. I don't like accounting. No, what did you? Well, we already did. No, we did do this. What did you want to be when you were growing up? But you answered that question. No, I, you didn't. I wanted to be a cow. Yeah. Um, you could you could just moo all day long. No, I don't believe and, that. And drop pies. <laughs> <laughs> so for real, what did you end up doing? What did you what want did to be? I do? What yeah. did I want to be? Well, um, it changed all the time, but I uh, grew up uh, wanting to be an artist, a musician, a poet. Um, you know, all the all the artsy fartsy things. Um, both Randy and I are sons of poets, which is funny about us. Uh, um, and um, I ended up getting much more straight laced as I went along. Uh, as it happens, the further you get away from that three-year-old time that you were talking about, where you actually are an intelligent being and you understand kind of the, the waves of the universe, the further you get from that, the more you start to think there are boxes and accounting and all that crap. Mm -hmm. um, so then when I got to college, I started being interested in things like biology and, and um, other useless um, sciences and things until I kind of came to my senses and started, um, you know, wanting to go back into the weird space of creativity and, and then business, because business is actually a pretty creative uh, junket, if you'll allow it to be. All right. So um, Indiana Jones, I really like that. That was one of my favorite movies also. Well, the first yeah. one really. I, don't, I can't say the others, not so much. Yeah, right is good. Um... Temple of Lost the last is, is Ken's favorite one, where the, the last crusade is where the 
puts the hand in the oh in that's the, true pulls out the oh yeah the, the beating heart yeah. i mean you got to say that was an iconic scene that yeah. was the, good the heart was beating did he he ate it right did he oh, eat no. it? i don't no. think so i can't remember i don't think so yeah. i'm gonna have to go look for that I mean, my, my favorite scene was when Indiana Jones was confronted by those two guys wielding swords. He just pulls out his gun and shoots them. Yeah. That's hysterical. And snakes. Why snakes? Yeah, and the poor snakes, right? People are stepping all over those guys. Just I don't think the, none of those snakes were real. They, I mean, they were not harmed. They no. were all well, not I poisonous. Suspending, suspending disbelief. We're in movie space. They're stepping all over those snakes. The poor things. I mean, but do you think that it was to... really that there were really snakes in that room, or they just made it look like there were snakes in the room? You can it's do anything in, in the all, world. It's all an illusion. The whole thing is in Indiana Jones's mind when he's a child. When he's seven years old, digging yeah. for that's it ancient egyptian architects in his back garden the dinosaur dinosaur eggs yeah yeah he, mm. the whole thing was a pigment of his imagination and we stepped mm. into it mm. a mm. pigment of his imagination <laughs> <laughs> that was good yes so kent where'd you go to school uh i never did you did not go to college <laughs> no but I'm starting to understand why uh, Bob Dylan used to answer completely ridiculous answers to reporters' questions, because I found as I get older that I do the same thing. I went to Middlebury College in Vermont, uh, a lovely place, not hmm. the marble. Hmm. Is it a liberal arts school? What kind of a, I've never heard of that school. Uh, I think you're making it up kind of it's kind of a middle of the road school not too liberal and there are arts but also sciences uh -huh. but in the in the in the in the in the spirit of liberal arts education it was one of those where you're supposed to get a good well-rounded education yeah for a very big ticket price <laughs> that sounds like my college too yeah pretty expensive go? Rollins College. It's a little mini uh, Harvard. I went, well, this might be as close to Harvard as I might get. So I went like there. like a Harvard just shrunk down? Yeah. That's cool. Honestly, I went to Harvard. I went to visit Harvard and I took a tour and I uh, I was impressed. I, I don't know, you guys probably have visited there, but I was impressed by three things. First off, the dining hall was straight out of Harry Potter movie. I went, what is this? This is like amazing. <laughs> it just uh, was very iconic looking in that sense. Um, the second thing was that everything underground, there's these giant hallways where you could drive two golf carts in opposite directions and still be able to walk. And there was art all the way through. And you went up to, you know, your classrooms, your dorms, the, the gym, whatever. And I went, this is amazing. <laughs> and it was all so a total of a total of four golf carts? No, one going, you know, opposite from the other, like, you know, and float like a two lane road. But then there was still enough space that you could walk was there around. A, was there like a, a dotted line in the middle or no like passing regulations? No. Have you been no. there? Uh, underneath? The, in, Have you taken the a tour? No. Have you taken a tour no. of Harvard? No. I recommend it. No. It was amazing though. I just went, oh my God, there's this whole underground underneath here. 
that's really yeah. cool i like sort of subterranean catacomb like universities it felt that way because the mm -hmm. buildings are super super old right and then you're underneath it and you go what i just stepped into a different type of a reality because it was very white it was very clean it felt sterile a little bit but it had all of this cool art and you know history up on the walls around it so on the the outside of the buildings at middlebury college if you're if somebody listening to this is from middlebury i apologize in advance but the outside is all marble the inside is like cement brick right mm. that's the funny thing about every college it's like you you except maybe harvard but the you you see things you know the the marble just you know sparkles in the sunshine and there are mountains in the background and all that stuff but just roll up at like 3 a.m on a saturday like after a saturday night party when it just reeks of of you know substances and things actually mm -hmm. the best time is uh five or six a.m when all the grounds crews are picking up all the junk that all the drunk kids left behind, that's yeah. when you see the real beauty of liberal arts campuses. Yeah, that was that was jaded, Randy. You got to rescue this interview. Well, no, I'm 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 staying out of this one. <laughs> no, it's okay. We can. It's a meandering trail. We do not have to necessarily go there. It is the same, I think, at most colleges because I would go talk to the grounds people at Rollins, and I know I'm throwing my my college is here in town where I am. Um, and they would say, are you kidding? Do you know how horrible the students are? They would like, you know, put out their cigarettes on the, the, the wooden benches outside. They would flip things upside down. They would, you know, throw the, I don't know, the vending machines down on the ground. There was all kinds of things that are not appropriate probably to discuss on the show. Cause it's like- How did you, how did you survive that place? I, I went to school at night. I worked a day job and I went to school at night. I also worked there and I taught at my school. So different experience. And so when I was there, you know, I, I didn't get to, okay. When I was taking one of my classes, I went in there and I went, there was a girl that came into one of the art classes. That was my electives. I took a lot of art classes. I love them. And she was tan from head to her toes. And I sat there and went, who is tan on the bottom of their feet? Like, how does that even happen? Went, you have to be really working to get a suntan on the bottom. And her, her feet weren't dirty. I just went, this is a school for a lot of very privileged uh, people. So I worked a job full time and I went to school full time. So I know what those sacrifices are. So I don't think you can put me in the same place as the rest of the, the day students. The debauchery of it all is what you're saying. Greek life rules sometimes. Yeah, actually, in Middlebury didn't have Greek stuff, but it had what they called social houses. It was similar. But really, uh, now I now I live near Penn State. They certainly have Greek life. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, for real. Well, anyway, did you did you continue education? Nope, that into was a master's. <laughs> So I got no, I got a master's, um, and everybody's been calling me master ever since, which has been great. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't, shouldn't. I mean, you get a master's in this world, and people don't get anything from it. Like they don't get to, you know, if you you write a book, you're not really supposed to put the master's degree according to the style sheet. 
people yeah. don't call you master kent people, you know uh it, it, it's kind of funny you know yeah with an mba that's the only time they actually or if you have a a master's in education or in mental health anything in the in the health they let you add those credentials at the end of your name people do but still on books if you see mba on a book it's because the guy asked for it to be there oh yeah you're there. absolutely right yeah you're absolutely so yeah that, so i got a master's uh got a phd in classical composition from stony brook university on long island nice lots of school yeah i think that well i'm all but dissertation for that phd and it would be in leadership with a specialization in human resource development but i think that um those that go for the phd you're doing it for one of two reasons either you love teaching you know and that's really the calling that's the thing or you want it for the purpose of a book and you're you know using it in a different capacity uh, i i got one, i got one for a third reason uh it, it's like when you're on a, a railroad and the the train stops at some point <laughs> you you keep you keep riding until the end of the road so you can't really go to school past it uh, yeah you, you can could, you could well you could you'd have to like go on another track right and get another one right. i was just like oh trains <laughs> train stopped i gotta get out of here yeah so. yeah it depends on like how many degrees do you want to you know tackle and the expense of it all i don't know can you guys go to school for free since you work at penn do they let you go to school for free and pick up another degree uh, i don't work at penn but oh. but uh, if you do work at state schools, they'll often sponsor kids, uh, particularly like New York State uh, lets kids go to school free if you're under a certain income level and so on, which is pretty Yeah, cool. they'll let you do it for the four year, but not for the, two, you know, the anything that's above that, the right. master's or the um, PhD. Because here at, well, I will tell you, at Rollins College, if you work there for, I think it's a year now, you get vested. You get a total ride, your spouse and your kids. So that's a big incentive. State schools, they'll give you, um, I think it's 20% off tuition is what they say. Randy no knows matter Henry how long. Rollins. Do you know Henry Rollins? Randy? Not the same person that founded the school. <laughs> I can promise no, I went to school with a, a Henry Rollins. Just remind me. In, that metal isn't he a metal the metal guy isn't he metal guy yeah i have no idea this must be a musician yeah i gotta google people know henry rollins never heard don't. of him he's an american singer yeah what is he what band is he in a band He's in the Henry Rollins band. <laughs> okay, never heard of it. You're making this up. <laughs> I'm not. No, you're probably Googling right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure. But he's not a well-known musician, I'm going to guess. He is. Well, he is well to known. people who know him. He, he's the guy yeah. that's like, he's how he hosted Jackass. He hosted. Well, that's uh, significant. He was in Sons of Anarchy. Like, he's, oh. this, oh, he's this like punk God. singer dude. Yeah. Okay, well, you're mentioning things I know, so I just didn't know him. 
We're not in the same association. Um, movie and probably genre of music, but you're enlightening. Okay, so the TEDx talk. How'd you do that one? What's your topic? Tell us about it. And for real Z. You should ask Randy about his background. Oh, but his is going to take a lot longer because we get oh, to talk about longer. all his. Yeah. Okay. I'm older. <laughs> There's a lot more going on. Yeah, TEDx. he's got a lot going on. TEDx. Ooh, doesn't that mean you find them attractive? I think it does. <laughs> I think it does. <laughs> we should just jump to that. We got to just jump to that. That'd be far I'll, more interesting than TEDx. He's a married man now. Come on now. I lost you. I hear nothing. You're muted. He's pointing at me. So, so for all your listeners who may not be able to watch this, Kent is pointing at me saying it's my turn. I have to talk. Yeah, and so, he's muted himself. Yeah. So I, I went to college. Oh, I did. I, I remember going to Keys College in Cambridge once mm -hmm. on Sunday afternoon and my work. And you surfed a lot. My Keys <laughs> College in Cambridge. Yeah, Keys College in Cambridge. My work colleague graduated from there and they had an open day and he asked me if I'd like to come with him. So I went to Keys College once. Was his name Chris Calhoun? No, it was not. So just it a was, lot of it was Stuart Carpenter. So there you go. So yeah, I went to college once. I, I think in Australia I went to college for four years, but I can't remember any of it. I'm going to see if I can actually put uh, Kent on total mute so he can't come back in. So how did you guys meet? Oh, the same way I met my wife. It was on a dating site? No, I, I offered him a job. Tinder, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the job? Yeah. Where, where did he work with you? So I was working um, for a small little cryptocurrency place. I was their CFO. I'd been brought in to... Um, help them gear up to the currency was worth about 400 million. I thought it should be worth a bit more. They brought me in to help me strategize and build out the financial functions and so forth. And I realized that the CEO, who was a really young guy, um, needed some help, needed some branding help. So I looked around for a branding expert and somehow managed to find Kent, who appeared one day in my email saying, here I am. Um, Actually just, I, I, I um, what do they call it? It was a hologram that I appeared on your desk. Yeah, and saying, here, me, me, me. Um, so we talked and I said, sure, come on board. So he came on board to do branding of the CEO and the company. So that's how we met. That was short loop engagement, but it was fun. How long have you guys been working together? Half a decade. Yeah, half a decade, I think, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. Is that a thing? I think it's a thing. I guess so. It is now. It is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we got back together again to work together. Um, so that engagement finished. I, I was laid off. Kent was laid off. I, I guess that was, um, yeah, I don't really understand why Kent was, but 
<laughs> I was laid off not long after. So everybody the, was pretty much. Everybody was. The company was resized significantly. Um, because the cryptocurrency dropped in value from eight dollars yeah. all the way down to like forty cents. So yeah, it was hot at anymore. first. Yeah. Um, so then I wrote my book, um, and I thought I'll get Kent to ask Kent if he'd write a, a thing for the back cover, which he, he it's called did. A, it's called a blurb. A blurb, yeah. Which, of course, he did, and then I sent him the book so that he could read it after he wrote the blurb. Um, Actually, you're supposed to say after I blurbed. After he blurbed. Okay. <laughs> See, I told you earlier that I was fluent in multiple languages. Apparently, I'm not fluent in book. So, I'm, I'm, no, I'm fluent in bullshit. So Yeah. You know. um, so he blurbed all over the back cover of my book. Um, and then we decided, well... Let's just talk about life and work and business. And we decided we could combine our humor and our skills and see if we can fill a hole in the marketplace, which is what we I, did. I think I said this to you guys when we talked before is um, it's like talking with my dad, honestly, with both of you. He's uh, an engineer and uh, defense engineer. And they have a very uh, quirky sense of humor, extremely dry, very fast, very witty. And many times I, I think I'm being funny and apparently I'm not because nobody laughs. And I'm like, okay. It just like flew right on over the airport, you know? But other people will tell me some jokes and I'll say, I don't know, is that funny? I don't think so. But I get um, where you guys are coming from is the point because I sit here and I feel like uh, it's the same kind of conversations I have with my dad. It goes in all of these crazy directions and yet, you know, he's, he's very sharp. Yeah. And somehow we managed to make a business out of it. So, so what's your book? What's the name of your book? Oh, I just happen to have it right here because I didn't know that. I was oh going to yeah. It, but there it is. Yeah. Unleashed really sure, you know. entrepreneur. Where can people buy it? Amazon, it's the number one bestseller on Amazon. Cool. And what is it about, an unleashed well, it entrepreneur? Was, it was written to help people decide um, whether they should build a business from scratch or buy an existing business. So it was written for the budding entrepreneur, entrepreneur who had already made the decision to go into business by themselves. I'm waving it so everybody can see it. Mm -hmm. um, but not our and, listeners. <laughs> they can't see it. So and it's and it's budding entrepreneurs. So it's it's um like the lady who's saying the I like uh I like big how's that go again? I have no idea what you're talking about. Bassoons. I like big and I cannot lie. It's for budding Bassoons. entrepreneurs. Yeah. Bassoons. Yeah. Um but I, I got carried away in the writing of the book and put in a few personal stories. So people seem to like those more than the rest of the book. So did you do both sides of those? Did you buy a business, but then you also started one? Uh, I did both, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I did he's, done, he's done a hundred different weird business things. Yes. I know. That's why all of his side projects would take the remainder of the show, honestly. 
Uh, well, I don't have many side projects going right now. Um, I have a, a company that is a business consulting and advisory company. I do some executive coaching. That's three. I have, I have an interest in a, in a service company in Houston. Um, and then there's Thought Leader Path. Five. Mm, yeah. That's a lot. Well, it is. And then I'm also on the board of our HOA and a couple of other things. Going. Okay, volunteering, not a full-time thing, but they expect you give your time, your talent, and your treasure. So do you give all three? Uh, I have no time and very little talent, and my treasure is safely locked away. Yeah, but, right. but you are serving as a very prominent local business uh, person. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it publicly, but you're, aren't you serving as like a super hyper local politician there? Yes, in this very um, local region. <laughs> where do you, where well, are you? I'm in Austin, Texas. Oh, wow. Is it cold uh, there right now? Um, it is for me. It's about 75 78 degrees. Oh my God, that's not now. cold. That's nice. Uh, it's winter. Yeah. I know. Well, it's 75 in Florida. So I'm going, that's not cold. Yeah, that's yeah. like good weather. That's why we live in these states. When we I mean, I'm, I'm looking out my window and it's rather nice looking. So I should really be out there. Mm. I'm not. I'm here in my office talking to you. Which yeah. is so, I've been, so I've been sitting here thinking the whole time. So you run an internment facility? An internment camp? Who? You 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 teach Me? people how to how to how to intern others? Yes. Oh no, no, no. I teach people how to be good mentors. Actually, I finished my study. And the validation that working with interns, it does uh, improve skills for the mid to senior level employer, as well as it creates a culture of um, ideation and also creativity and they saw better processes too so i'm going to be publishing my study i'm pretty excited about it killer yeah, yeah young 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 people and fresh eyes they they're super honest yeah well obviously you see an intern improve in their skills and it was like crazy off the charts and it's good data because i will tell you i had uh and thanks for allowing me this little plug also <laughs> Um, I was able to get 72 out of 102 students answered my survey, which is ridiculously hard. I think we'll all agree with that. Survey. And then, yeah, 30 out of 45 of the employers replied back to my surveys too. And I went, okay, my data is solid. I am really excited about that. So the employer side of it is that their mentoring skills improved like you know, more than three quarters of a pie chart. It's like almost, yeah, it's definitely more than did, that. Did their, their asshole quotient go down? Yes, because they had to be more patient. Mm, good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they definitely saw improvements in all of those areas. So I'm the really a, glad they call about it. A, they call it an AQ, actually. Um, an AQ. Randy's writing a book. It's going to be called AQ. <laughs> yeah. That's a good thing. I, yeah. 
That would be a really good title, though, for a book, right? How to lower your AQ. Yeah. How <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to lower your AQ. I like it. Yeah, well, you could have a AQ, whole series on that. Has lower. Yeah. yeah, they put Q on the end of anything, and all of a sudden it becomes like the new hot thing. Or on the front of things these days. It's kind of like, uh, or X, right? You put X like, you know, customer experience or user experience or employee experience. You just put X on the end of it and it's all of a sudden it becomes a, a thing like Q. So what do you guys think the future of work is going to be like? I'm not, I'm not going to, we're just going to drop an ad somewhere halfway in between. I'm not even going to worry about it. Like right here, wherever I'm talking uh, about. You can. You can drop an ad anywhere. Right? The Intern Whisperer is brought to you by Cat5 Studios, who help you create games and videos for your training and marketing needs that are out of this world. Visit Cat5 Studios for more information to learn how Cat5 Studios can help your business. Thank you, Cat5 Studios. Yeah, so what do you think the future of work is? This is it right here. This we're is it? I don't think so. We're theoretically working right now because we're actually we're we're shilling we're advertising what we do for a living. So theoretically, this is marketing. no twenty thirty. Twenty thirty. Oh, see that that was a trick question. Yeah, oh. it was. I threw that one in late. So I watched this Hulu show, and it was um, all about the future of food, but or the food industry, and they talked about how like how we eat now with you know, animal protein, it's just not really sustainable and we'll have to get away from that. And everything will be more plant-based foods and I could not agree more with them about it. Um, but they also talked about what culturally people eat and is acceptable, like bugs. And I'm going, no. Oh yeah, we talked to a we, bug entrepreneur yeah. recently. Really? Did, did you guys it. taste it? He, he's sending us he's sending us a sample gummies. pack of critters which is kind of interesting yeah. is it crickets I, I, or what meal bugs yeah, those look crickets gross. so grasshoppers, yeah not crickets because crickets yes crickets, crickets are not kosher, are not kosher. grasshoppers are kosher are you jewish <laughs> no so why does that like, matter then do you like kosher dill God, pickles? Making it is. do you I, like kosher dills uh, to me, pickles are pickles, so I'm sorry. Oh, man. Kosher dill like, pickles are the best pickles. They are blessed. They're very garlicky, right? <laughs> yeah. So speaking of what were we talking about before the crickets and meal bugs? I know we were talking about the future of work. And I, I think crickets. That's way back. That's the talking future about the food, food industry. Right? Yeah. Yeah, the future of work is we'll all be dead and there'll be cockroaches everywhere and cockroaches eat for a living, right? Yeah, they do. Did you yeah. know a cockroach you said, uh, you said can live? 20,030, 20, right? No, 2030. 20,000, 20, no. Yeah, 2030. Did you know a cockroach can live off of the oil in your fingerprint for three months? But see, there won't be any fingerprints because there won't be any humans. I know, but somebody's still going to be alive. They'll still be eating it. They they can eat if they can live off of the oil in a fingerprint. Do you think that they could live off of you know the yeah, the flesh that's that you, on the body? You know that if you pull the head off a cockroach, it will die from starvation. Yeah, so will a chicken. But I've seen chickens live will without the, that head. Will the head die of starvation, or will the body? The body. 
So the head will die of? Decapitation. Uh, yeah. So it dies two deaths. That's it's really sad. It's interesting. Very. That's that's why they still exist. So only half of the cockroach actually dies of starvation. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how we got there either. Crickets. It's your fault. Yeah, I don't want to eat going, anything. That's we're a going bug. somewhere important. Ah, the future of work, twenty thirty. I think um, this metaverse is bullshit. I hate it. I think the future of work is the same as work has always been. Like when the marketing people would be on the side of the ships in Babylon, uh, like hucking their wares. Like things don't change. Human beings need human beings. Mm -hmm. And if we die out, the roaches will feast on us, but humans are humans. So this whole metaverse stuff, like, okay, whatever. It's just the new US mail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think the future of work, I think if we want to really get a good vision of it, we just have to look at Australia, who as a country back in the 70s decided that they would become the smart country. And so they ship most of their manufacturing offshore and only allowed people in who were very well educated. Um, so now there are, you know, things have changed, but now they're a country with a growing population of immigrants who are less well educated and they have no industrial base. So why did you leave Australia? Why did I leave? Now you're getting into very personal things. Um, <laughs> Okay. Uh, the best of all reasons, a woman. Okay. So I was um, I was CEO of a small company that started. Uh, I was the first employee, and uh, small little internet-based company which we brought to the US and Wall Street. Um, and while I was here, I met a lady, and I decided to stay. So this is going to be a really long story, and I got to go. So I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> you keep talking with Randy. I'm out. Okay. But thank you. All right. No mentoring I, advice from you? Oh, mentoring or, advice? Yeah. Any uh, mentoring advice you want to give us? Be more like Randy. That's good advice. Yeah, that's great advice. I think that's the best advice you could actually but give anyone. Have him. Have him keep telling a story about that. Um, and I have we're to actually leave, we hit our 60 minute mark so we're really doing good oh you mean like well maybe uh, i'm not sure i think it took like 610 is like if, we went over the notes if we cut out half of what kent was saying we could probably get it down then you can finish 50 minutes then you oh yeah finish yeah randy's story he has amazing insights on the um mentorship stuff Definitely okay. ask him that question. But I have to take off because my dog is needing to be walked. Um, well, thanks for being here. It's been really fun chatting with you. This is the You're weirdest. leading us to walk your dog. I think that's a very good thing. No, yeah. I'm going to walk my dog. You don't have to. I don't have to walk your dog? No. Oh, I can stay here? <laughs> you stay here. Thank you. Sorry for being so wacky. All right. See fun. you later. So anyway, before you were saying as to 
what how you got here. But I think that Australia is kind of like uh, Switzerland. It's like nobody messes with it. We just leave it's, you alone. It's a long way away. So um, if you think back to the Second World War and the Japanese who actually got to Australia. Really? Um, well, they were stopped in New Guinea, basically, but they had um, their little midget submarines got into Sydney Harbour. Um, so they tried to actually invade Australia. They would not have succeeded because all that would have happened was they would have landed in the north. Um, Australia would have amassed its armies uh, on the east and south, southern area, forced the Japanese to travel across the deserts where their supply routes would be um, vulnerable. And so it would never have worked. It's the same problem that the Germans had when they tried to take Africa, the supply lines became too long. So Australia has some very good natural defenses. Its biggest enemy is from within. Uh, if they can maintain their democracy, then hmm. I'll be fine. Hmm. But um, I moved to America and stayed here because, uh, well, I just like moving around. So I spent yeah. five years in London. I spent some time in Australia. Then it was time to come here. Um, yeah. How home. long is the flight to Australia? Is um, it like 18 hours, 20? The, you can get a direct flight. It takes about 12 or 14 hours. Or if you wow. go via New Zealand, it's about 16 hours. Hmm. So for, for 18 months, roughly, I did the the commute between Melbourne and San Francisco every two to three weeks. Oh my goodness. That's brutal. Yeah. That was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was probably only 12 months, not 18 months. So it was, it was not so bad. I was exaggerating. Wow. So mentoring advice, what did mentoring, what mentoring advice, leadership advice would you pass on? I think the best piece of advice I can give is the advice that I was given by my mentor in my first real job. Um, he took me aside one day, my manager took me aside one day and sat me down and said, you know, Randy, you're really good at what you do. So I'm thinking, this is good. Which was? Yeah. Well, I was an accountant. I was okay. working for KPMG. Um, I progressed through, well, I became a, a supervisor with KPMG before I actually got my degree finished, which was unheard of. Um, but he sat me down and said, you're really good at what you do, which is great. Um, well, I'm thinking this is really good. And then he said, the problem is you just don't listen. He said, what do you mean I just don't listen? He said, well, you think you know what it is that I want. So when I ask you for something, you give me what you think I want. Well, you got to stop doing that. You got to start giving me what I ask for. And it was only then that I realized that when people ask us for something, it's not up to us to decide what it is that they want or what they're using it for. Just give them what they ask for. And now the smart, smart managers will go one step further and will say, 
this is what I want and this is why I need it. And then the smart employee will give them what they ask for and any other information they might need because they now understand what it's used for. So as a mentor, the best advice you can give is to teach your people to listen. You need to listen to their, their managers. They need to listen to their colleagues. They need to listen to their clients or their employees. They need to learn to listen. And I mean, really listen, not interpret mm -hmm. what they hear. Listen to the words because words are important. Um, so if you want to be a good mentor, start listening and teach your, your people to listen. I agree with you. A lot of people think that they're really good communicators and they'll think that they're good communicators because they're checking the boxes in their head as to what that means. And I think listening is the first thing and also reading carefully because people skim and that's like mm -hmm. really not listening also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I've learned is when I write, which is another way of communicating, right? Is that a person needs to put the who, what, why, where, when, how, in whatever they're writing. We'll use the word, the pronouns, he, she, whatever. And it could be talking about somebody else that has nothing, that has not been introduced into the topic based mm -hmm. on name yeah. or title. So listening, I sit here and I think of that as, yeah, that's communication. So is reading <laughs> carefully to see what mm -hmm. do they need and want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so thing. is responding so that I don't have to go and ask, well, can you explain this? I have to do that so many times with people. One of the things that I used to do, um, I probably still do, but if I was talking to a group of people, maybe I was giving a speech or doing some training or a group of people and I was starting to lose them, what I would do is would be walk to the back of the room so that everybody would have to literally turn around and I would drop uh -huh. my voice really soft so they would have to listen. And it was, it was amazing how... Now that had an impact on getting my message across because people started listening. Mm -hmm. They weren't just letting the words go past their ears. They had to actually turn engage around and listen more. and engage. So listening is a marvellous skill. If you can get your people to listen, you're right. Engagement is, a, is the result. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. My dad would... Uh... Yeah. Do that also, where he would talk, you know, he's talking to his three children. And he would talk very, very softly. Like we were in trouble. We knew if mm -hmm. he's talking like super, super soft. And we would have to like really lean in to understand what it is. But he later told me, I'm a grown person now. He said that he read a book called The Art of Intimidation. And he used that method to manage his people, mm -hmm. but he also used that at home <laughs> to get our attention. And I, I sit here and I think, no, my dad's awesome. I will, I'm going to give that as the disclaimer. But for real, I, I think that 
that was not a good use of communicating because that was more about power than um, leadership and, and collaboration for sure. Yeah, um, it's, so, it's so interesting. I had a, a CEO who, he was a big man. He was 6'3", 6'4", and 280 pound. And so he would pop out his chest. He would stand over you. He would speak loudly. He would use his size and his voice to intimidate you. Um, gorillas do that. Gorillas do that. Um, yeah. You know, it didn't work on me because I knew what he was doing. But it was interesting to watch him doing the same thing with his new employees and this was the way he was getting them to do what he wanted them to do. Um, and it surprised me, not really, but <laughs> it was surprising to find out he wasn't very well respected and yet he believed he was. So huh. many forms of communication, the best one is, I mean, leaders have to be They have to be capable of leading. And I, I know that sounds silly, but leaders it sounds have to simple. Lead. Leaders have to lead. Um, yeah. And followers will follow a leader if he's confident and fair and just and very clear in, in where they're going. Um, it's a lot of factors come into good leadership. And very few people have them all, but it's it's confidence that's quiet. It's not confidence from your size or from how loud you can be. It's just as if you're kind and you show you care. Yeah, um, it's about establishing it's, trust. It's establishing trust. If people trust you, they will follow you anyway. Yeah. Um, and they'll do anything for you. So it's establishing that trust and it's ensuring you never betray that trust, which means you know, there's a lot of forgiveness involved in good leadership. Yep, I totally agree, totally. That's why it kind of goes back to the three-year-old story one more time, is you know, to get yeah. a three-year-old to like you, you, you have to be really genuine. And I think that people can tell if somebody's being genuine. So that's where they begin to trust. Yeah, it's, it's not blind trust. It's not. It's earned. It's, it's earned, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so you can, be, you can be thrust into a position of leadership simply because of the, uh, the title that gets put on top of your head, but it doesn't mean that you're a leader. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've seen over my career, many people who were very junior in the organization, but people trusted them and followed them. Um, it's quite remarkable. So some people just have it. Some people have to learn it. Some folks, unfortunately, never learn it. And you know, it is true. That's, but we all have to deal with whatever we have to deal with. Um, and just because you don't, just because you don't trust or don't respect 
leader doesn't mean that you can't still have a good environment to work in. Mm-hmm. That's you, you have choice. Um, and we always, we all have choice in everything we do. We have choice. Yes. It's very sad to me when we discover people who say I'm trapped, I can't get out, I'm stuck. Um, no, that's not true. You have a choice. Yeah, everything, have, there's always a choice. Mm-hmm. And you may not like having to make the choice, but you do have the choice. Yeah, and the, the outcome of making that choice is not necessarily comfortable, but mm-hmm. you still have to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm curious, what is Yazoo on your shirt? Oh, so my um, my daughter-in-law went to a um, bachelorette party in Nashville this weekend. She brought this back. So Yazoo is apparently a brewery in Nashville since 2003. And she figured she'd bring you back a Yazoo t-shirt. Okay, that's fun. Yeah. Well, how can our listeners contact you? And just another little shout out for your book. Okay, so you can find my book on Amazon.com. Okay, um, tell us the name one more time. It is Unleash Your Inner Entrepreneur. Um, just a little search for that. I think there's two with that title. So I'm one Look of them. for the Randy Baker version. The Randy Baker version. Um, you can contact Kent or myself by, um, well, you can find us on LinkedIn. We're all over LinkedIn. We're all over Facebook. Um, we're all over all of the podcasts that we've done, including this one. Yes. Um, or you can email me at randy at thoughtleaderpath.com or you can surprise Kent and email him at kent at thoughtleaderpath.com. And we'd like to talk to anybody that um, wants to make their business bigger, better, bolder, brighter. Well, that is super good. I want to thank you for being a guest on the show. Well, I'm sorry it was so meandering because. Oh, no, this was a hoot and a half. This is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It is so fun. (laughs) We we tend to go off the track a little bit from time to time. And it's amazing how Kent and I actually do get serious occasionally, but very rarely. That's good. Well, I have to thank my people. So stay with me for a minute here. So I want to thank our sponsor, Cat5 Studios, and our production team, Becca Coffey, associate producer intern, video and audio editing, Steve Neese, Ayana Sanders, our interns, Nick Morales and Alex Teal, music by Dave Francis, Sophie Lloyd, Charles Fleming, and Elijah Sutton, and our sound effects, Matt Miller, Miguel Centra, and Dave Francis. Be sure to visit Employers for Change at E the number four, the letter C, dot tech, to learn how you can create real diversity and inclusion culture while scaling your people for the future. Thank you for supporting The Interim Whisper by subscribing to our show on Podbean or your favorite podcast channel. So thank you. We'll say thanks to Kent, even though he like bailed on us. Yeah, Using that I'm, dog story, come on. Yeah, Sparky, that's the name of his dog. Okay. Um, yeah, so, but he's been, Kent, Kent was also away for a few days, so I think Sparky missed him, or he missed Sparky, so. Mm, it's they okay. Got to, they got to spend some, you know, some time together. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, uh, thanks to all of our listeners, so...